This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots with Jamie, Charlotte and Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Oh, I'm laughing because the dancing has already started. Pump it! Wow. Pump it! What's that dance that you're doing, Charlotte? What's it called? It called? What's, it, what's that dance called? Um, kids love it. The, the kids do. Um, is it uh, something to do with floss or teeth? Flossing. Is it? Flossing. Oh, flossing. Flossing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've mastered oh, yeah. it. Jamie, yeah. not so much. We were trying it about five <laughs> to six this morning and he looked like a goose. And he's just in. Burnett can't floss. floss. Burnett's not a flosser. Floss to save himself. You should do the sprinkler then because that's so much easier. I invented a dance when I was younger. Yeah, Yeah. do tell. I called it the boxer slash on the ropes. Yeah. Because couldn't dance, needed just a little something. I'd just do that classic like little side to side thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the boxer. Yeah. So you put your arms up. Into a uh, you know to cover your head, like yeah, you're a like boxer, a boxing, yeah, and you pretend you're kind of on the ropes. So there's, ah, there's okay. And then in time to the music, yeah, you kind of just <laughs> wheel your upper torso around <laughs> while your hands are above ah. your head. You look like you're having some sort of fit, really? like a seizure. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have to say, Jamie, okay. I don't know if I saw you on the dance floor as a young fella and I was a young sort of a girl, I'd steer clear of you by yeah, about three you? rooms yeah, I back. Like I reckon. That. Well, you know, the first mistake I made is that I cover, I cover the. The you, dollar maker, oh, the your, money maker. Oh, your yeah. talent there. Yeah, the face. The head. <laughs> so the, the hands go over the face and uh, really that's, that's what's drawing them in. Oh, yeah, probably that shy sort of, you know, we want to yeah. help him. and anyway, <laughs> we want to help him. Because <laughs> he, does, he, does, he does, I think, I'm not sure if he's having a seizure <laughs> or he's just got a massive emotional problem. No worries. But, you know, you get the women that want to rescue boys that are in that sort of... I never needed rescuing. Jamie's tip for picking up women just rock in a corner yeah. like you're having a breakdown. Look desperate. That's Needy. so good. Yeah, thanks. So good. Thanks for that. Uh, I'll stick to flossing. Yeah. Anyway, good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Good morning. Uh, it's in. great morning. Is it? Chilly. Mm, Chilly. But well, get the heart rate up. I'm excited because my brother and his wife are coming over tomorrow from Sydney. Nice. And um, I love it when family comes over because I have a list about five pages long for him to do around my house. It's oh, great. I'm sure they'd love that. <laughs> Rolling on in with a checklist to work through. Oh, good well, we, we all do great it to post. one another. It's How's true. that received? Well, we all do it to one another. I get to their place and I'm straight out in the garden sure, yeah. with a pair of hedging shears. So he can do the inside stuff because I can't lift a lot of heavy stuff on my own. It's great having family members. doesn't matter what age they are, what gender. They help you lift heavy stuff and move it. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're doing. That's good. How, how heavy stuff. are we talking? I mean, do you need me to come around and give you a hand? <laughs> and, <laughs> and rock in the corner like having a breakdown. Uh, excuse and then you're not going to be any help to anyone. I've always been able to lift heavy things. <laughs> okay. Yep. Oh, that's really One of my skills. Alrighty. Massive, heavy Jarrah table. Takes about six men to lift it. Or I have me. to move yeah. that. Or just you, Jamie. Why do we buy these things? And why do they, they make look good. them? I know it was given to me. It's beautiful. Mm. I love it. But mm. it needs to go into another room. Mm. She's hefty. 
It's good for your weightlifting. Yeah. Mm. Yep. There you go. Get the jar table going. Mm. Nice. Fantastic. Hey, if you've got a gardening question and you want to save us from dance talk and kind of <laughs> house moving chat, we call are now. really on today. You will be up very early if you call right now for Sabrina, which is a luxury that uh, you normally don't get. One three hundred triple two seven twenty, the number to call. Uh, you can send a text as well. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. A few of those already in Shah. Oh, chockers! Chockers oh. already. Let's let's slip into those. Marion. Ever, ever so effortlessly. Marion has a Japanese box hedge. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to show you a photo. Yes. She has a slow release fertilised, sorry, she's slow release fertilised. Yes. Top dressed with new garden soil. And yes. And sprayed with trace elements. Yes. And it's just all a bit uh, patchy. Bit sad looking. Bit sad looking. Is it? It's loading any second. Just that top one there. Ah, oh, the top one. Yes. Um, Just taking our time. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Um, Well, I would say the problem with that, well, it looks like there's something actually, it's a leaf miner. So what you'll need to, you've done all the right thing, that's perfect, but what you need to do now is spray it with an oil-based spray and that'll get rid of the leaf miner. Uh, But go out at night time, see if you can see a little moth. Because that's what's doing the trick. With your headlamp? With your headlamp. It's a marvellous thing. Moth hunting. Excellent. Thank you, Marion, for your text. Kate has a pear tree that was planted about six years ago and has never flowered. Should she dig it out? Oh, that's that's fairly drastic. Mm. Um, Now, you need a pair of pears. Nothing in six years. Yeah, that's pretty... Well, it might be in the wrong position. Dig it up and move it. But you also need a pair of pears to get a pear. What? (laughs) What do you mean? You need two pairs to cross-pollinate to get one pair. Okay. So you need a pair of pairs for a pair, Mm. you see. I think I I understand. (laughs) So um, anyway, if it hasn't flowered at all, it might be a high-chill pair and you might be in a low-chill or vice versa. So if you don't know which pear you've got and you won't because it's never flowered and you've never got the fruit, (laughs) dig it up, move it, get another pair and see what happens. Beautiful. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. Hey, let's go to Katie, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. She's in Calabaran. Good day, Katie. Hi, how you doing? Good. What's happening? Um, I'm just digging out one of my purchases, a um, climbing rose. Yeah. It flowers once a year. I want something that flowers more often. Okay. full sun in Calabaran, stinking hot. Yep. And clay soil. I've already got the climbing gold bunny and they're doing very well, but I want a different colour, please. Okay. Uh, what about Pierre de Ronsard? That yep. will take extreme heat and that's got beautiful sort of white, pink, cerise red colour yep. all in the one thing. Yep. Uh, there's climbing iceberg. There's climbing sensation that has pinky coloured roses. There's crepuscule, C R E P E S C U L E. C R E P E S C U L E. Crepuscule is a big climbing rose, it's like a shrub rose, but it climbs. It is yep. stunningly beautiful. Then there's another one called Buff Beauty. Buff, just like, you know. Yep. Just like Jamie. Just like Jamie. Thank you. I need so that doing in your eye. You were just waiting for one of us to reference you. Um, yep. Buff Beauty it. is a stunner. Yep. And another one that's been, I saw someone's 
yard is called Pinky, but I don't know if it's a rambler or a climber. Uh, Pinky know. is more of a pillar rose. It's not a very big climbing rose. They train it on, um, you know, little frames. It's not a very, matter. yeah, it's not a robust. I mean, it's it's tough. It's very yeah. hardy, but it's only a small climber. Yeah, they've got it climbing over their um, archway at the front yard. Yeah, it? yeah, it's great for arches. Yeah, no, that, that's all the stuff. And Pinky's, Pinky's tough as. Yeah, well, obviously, because it's beautiful. Mm, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Cheers, Katie. Thank Good you. Luck. Bye. Uh, how long yes. do these climbing roses take to climb? Usually about five years to get... Because you, what happens is you let them go the first two years and you don't even look at them or bother with them. Okay. And then on the third year you start training them, the canes, where you want them to go. But, of course, all climbers, you have to, once they go up, you have to make them go horizontal. Because mm. when you bend something, yes. you, the sap flow slows down and where the sap flow slows down you get... Vertical shoots, and on those vertical shoots is where you get your flowers. Oh, cool. Good stuff. <laughs> Charlotte's looking at me as if to say, well, that was... Just sounds... But it makes sounds, sense. Sounds plausible, yeah. if <laughs> nothing <guess>. else. <laughs> I love a bit of climbing rose trivia on a Saturday. Don't get me wrong. There we go. Uh, let's go to Jenny, who's uh, in Capel. Hello, Jenny. Good morning. How morning. are you this morning? Very Hi, well. Sabrina. Sabrina, my question for you is I have a gum tree in my garden. Mm -hmm. I think it's a river red. Mm -hmm. And the lawn underneath it has turned white. Um, It's a buffalo type of lawn and it seems to be affecting that and not the cooch that is in the lawn as well. Could you tell me why and what I should do about it? I don't think anything affects cooch. I reckon you could drop napalm on cooch and it'd still come through. Now, you're the second caller because last week we had someone yeah. rang in and said that their lawn had all gone white. Underneath so a big I, tree, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. Mm. So I don't know if the if the root system of the gum tree is sucking all the moisture out or if, it, you know, some, some gums at certain times of the year, they have a growth suppressant that's released. So I sent a little, I flicked a little email off to the ag department, but I haven't heard back because the only other thing that causes that is you can get mites, but you will see very, very fine spider web first thing in the morning covering all the the lawn? No, none of that. None of that. And it's most unusual because the tree has been here for 100 years and the lawn for 20 and we've never had it before. Okay. Well, in that case, it's not the tree. It's something happening at soil level. So it can be an insect pest just below ground level um, and it's attacking. The reason it would attack the buffalo and not the cooch is the buffalo has a lot more thatch underneath. It's either that or it's a fungal disease because of the thatch that's underneath, and it's nice and damp at this time of the year. So it'll be killing off. Now, if you, I'm going to just nag. Uh, this week really? to get, yeah, I'm just, just going to nag, yeah. just to get a response to my question. And if you tune in next week, Jenny, I'll find out whether it's a fungal issue or a pest issue. Okay, that would be fantastic, thanks, because it is just affecting underneath 
the sort of the drip line of the yeah. The rest of the lawn is absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Makes me think it's fungal then if it's under the drip line. And, mm. it, you know, if you dig it, it's just maybe a little patch but it doesn't look like there's anything happening. Yeah, yeah. Now I'll find out for you. All right, Jenny, next week, the answers. Sabrina will nag. Yep, I'll just nag. We'll get to Peter, Ben and uh, Carolyn uh, in just a moment, but some more texts coming through, Charlotte. Yes, Soph in Rosa Glen down south. Um, My husband made me wicking beds that Mm. I'm trying to grow cabbages, cauliflowers and baby broccoli in. Mm. Uh, Soph has tried to grow these for years and always failed. What does she need to to do to try and actually get something edible? Uh, I don't know why they've failed. Look, they should grow in a wicking bed. Shouldn't be any problem unless they've developed club root, which you don't want that. Mm. Club root's a nasty thing. Is that? Can you get rid of club root? No, you just have to pull the plants out and burn them, basically. Yeah. Um, Some people might go out on a Saturday night and want a club root. <laughs> <laughs> they, they may and well do, Charlotte. They may well do. Wow. It's what? Oh, well, you know. 18 minutes past nine. Yep. And Do you know what that is? We've gone there. Normally I'd say something like that yeah. and you'd look at me with this look of... You've been, yeah, but I can get away with it. You've been <laughs> hanging around each other too much. <laughs> That's oh, very funny. Well, on. you know, it's tis the time of the year. Is it? Is it? Well, I don't know. Oh, I reckon it's cold. Got to stay warm somehow. That's exactly right. Yes. A little bit of gyrating. Oh, um, Now, uh, so getting back to the cabbages, Mm -hmm. Charlotte. Mm. um, So uh, I reckon a lot of the problem has been that we haven't had cold enough nights. We sure as hell got them now. So if anyone has failed with their cabbages, cauliflower, da-da-da-da-da-da, put in fresh seedlings now because the nights are cold. And we've still got short... You know, we had the winter solstice only, what, a week ago or something? Last week, yeah. Yep. Um, so I'd put a fresh batch in. Make sure with those things you don't want too much manure in the wicking bed. So you want basically good soil but not lots of manure, too much nitrogen. Excellent. Another okay. text? We want hey, to go to calls. Uh, let's go to a couple of calls right. and then we'll come back to the texts because some nice photos coming through I can see in the text. Oh, yes. Looking good. Uh, Peter's in Kingsley. Hi, Peter. Good morning. How are you guys? We're, we're, we're sensational this morning. Listen, I'm kind of still cracking up after listening to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't revisit yeah. it. Don't revisit it. We just, That's no, great. We've got to, to, to leave that one back there. I have to say it has ago. been fun working with Charlotte. It'd be shame to see her go. I have a problem with a, uh, a very sentimental little kumquat tree. Yeah. It's been in a pot for five years mm-hmm. and then it stopped giving me uh, fruit because yep. I liked to go by and just pick one off and just chew one. Mm-hmm. And then I transplanted it and put it in my garden about seven years ago and it grows some of the gnarliest prickles that you can ever have. Ooh. But I don't get one, I don't get one uh, piece of fruit, not one flower. I've tried to give it uh, all the different uh, citrus feeds yep. and it sits right underneath the jacaranda tree and I'm just wondering, have I just put it in the wrong place? or <laughs> You do I... sure have. Okay. Yep, so you're going to have to move it away from the jacaranda tree because citrus fruit do not like root competition. Unlike people that go to clubs on a Saturday <laughs> night. Um, so uh, dig it up and move it. It's a 
pretty good time of the year to do it now. Peter, if you're getting lots of thorns coming on that kumquat tree, it's reverting back to its rootstock. So anything with thorns, you're going to have to cut off, cut out of the tree. Okay. So give it a prune, dig it up and move it. And how much uh, of a pruning can I give it? Can I give it a real serious rogering? Oh, a little bit of a, I think a 50% rogering there. Peter, no more than fifty percent. Okay, no more than fifty. Thank you very much. Okay, okay. thanks, Peter. Peter, Bye. Peter with the half Roger this afternoon. <laughs> Good luck. Ben is in North Dandala. Uh, I think Hello, our producers ben. left the building now. She's shaking her head. <laughs> well, stop, you said, stop. He asked how much of a rogering, and you said, yeah, half. yeah, only half a rogering. Exactly. Yeah, mm. it's just accurate, Lorraine. This Stop is getting so worried. Correct <laughs> by the letter of the law. Hello, Ben. Oh, hi, uh, Sabrina. We've got um, uh, a subdivision in Piara Waters. Yeah. And um, there's about a couple hundred agonis, yep. uh, peppermint trees. Yeah. And they just seem to die from um, the top. Sometimes they re-sprout from the bottom, but uh, ah. it's very hard to get, get going. Okay. I reckon the problem there, Ben, is borer. So there's a thing called a longicorn beetle. Actually quite nice. It uh, okay. looks more like a weevil than a beetle. But anyway, uh, the longicorn beetle, it's elongated. And when you prune the tree, if you shake the tree, there'll be hundreds of them come out. And what they do is they bore into the tree. What have you got there? What livestock have you got around you there? Oh, I've got a few cows down here. Oh, it's a cow. Okay, so the, it's, it's like a big fat grub bores into the tree and then bores up the cambium layer and then it'll kill that branch off. So, um... <laughs> I love cows. They're so beautiful. Oh, a few noisy ones there. I'm just a bit hungry at the moment. Oh. That is brilliant. Um, So, Ben, all you can do, there's nothing you can do for longicorn beetle. So you can't <laughs> you can't inject the tree. Um, but what you have to do, <laughs> these two beside me, Ben, uh, <laughs> I don't... I know, I've been listening. I don't think they've spent a lot of time on a farm and it's very difficult what? for me oh. to concentrate. Sorry, ben, well, I just didn't know whether the sound was coming from a cow or from you. <laughs> anyway, Ben, as soon as you see... So you need to look at the tree and look for little tiny holes in the branch and when you see a hole, a bore has been there, you've got to cut below the hole and get rid of that branch. Okay, but it's not the whole branch, it's the whole tree. Ah, oh, okay. Well, the tree's buggered then. Okay. Basically, so all you can do... Is wrong with the soil or... No, no, no. It just means that there's an infestation of longicorn beetle there. The only other thing it can be, Ben, is if there's phytophthora, like dieback. Okay. Now, to find out whether you've got dieback or not, you need to take a sample of the root system... And they grow the it's phytophthora is actually a water mold. People call it a fungus, but it's actually a water mold. So uh, you get a, a sample of the root system, and then they'll take that away and they'll grow the phytophthora on it. If there's phytophthora there now, if you've got phytophthora, then there's so much helpful information on how to deal with that. So basically, you can't get rid of it, but you can. Um, help to control it. Okay, thanks, Ben. Okay, thanks, Ben. Thank you, Ben. And I think Ben there appreciating 
our laughter at oh, the. Uh, how can you not laugh at those so cows? And some of those they're cows, beautiful. But it was a real aggressive moo. It, was well, like it started like... with a subtle <laughs> moo, and then we didn't acknowledge it. And the cow was like, "Why aren't they talking about my mooing?" And then there was that real aggressive moo that came. That's where I lost it. I apologise, Ben. I reckon they were young. They were young steers waiting to be fed. They're hungry, they want it now. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Come that on. They can see the farmer there. He's not doing what he's meant to be doing because he's on the phone to me. Mm. That is true. And Ben, he just wanted his information because he had work ahead. That's he had no exactly time right. for Jack's this yeah. morning. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. Fair enough. Sorry, Fair enough ben. Sorry, ben. Sorry we ben. mucked around. Hey, let's go to Caroline because she's never called before and that's great. And she's in Kawarama. We might get a few cows in the background here too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Caroline. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Very well. Well, well. The, the, cow, the cows at Kawaramup are probably a little bit quieter, though. Yes, the ones near us are certainly very quiet. <laughs> Don't see them move too often, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're, uh, we're in Parkwater, which is just out of town. Oh, oh okay. okay. Beautiful. So, um, yeah, well, my question is we've just bought this place and it's had an established native garden, but mm-hmm. they were established, I think, from tube stock. Right. Place. Just yeah. don't seem to be thriving, you know. They're sort of the bottle brush have had one flower, right? Um, and they're just sort of sitting there. They're not doing anything. Have you fertilised them, Caroline? No, because I'm always a bit scared. Of no, never be scared to fertilise native plants. Okay, um, there's two. There's two things that you can use. So one is uh, down near you is a local fertiliser that's got microscopic fungi and bacteria around it. And then the other one is the slow-release native fertiliser that you buy in little prills, little roundy, roundy balls. It's important to fertilise natives if you want them to flower. Okay. Mm. Uh. So I think that could be the problem. Prune them back at this time of the year and then fertilise them. Okay. And I think you'll find it'll make a big difference. Okay. Have I got time for one more quick question? Yep. Um, Go on. I've been growing daffodils. Yeah. When they don't flower, do they ever flower again? Mm, They they can. It's a (laughs) 50-50. Okay, right. Okay, that's good uh, advice. Maybe, maybe not. There we go. Good luck, Carolyn. There, some new work in her new garden. Yeah, Sandy has sent us a text. Yes, um, Sandy lives near Hamlin Bay. Yes, and would like to transplant a mature. Oh my goodness, avocado tree. Oh, tough, isn't it? Um, a mature avocado tree. Look, you can give it a go. Oh, it's saying uh, here she get, it gets too much windburn. Oh, okay. Just Sorry, where it I is, it uh, and she's got a better spot behind a stone wall. Yeah, pick uh, it up next and to move three it. Three other ones. Three other avocados. What, what te- you're, a you're, reader you're, has. You're mixing up my avocado texts. No, it, says, it says Sandy here. Oh, okay. Sorry. I need to transplant. Transplant. We're both looking at different screens. Mm. An avocado. Yeah. Is it a different Two one? metres high and the foliage is two metres wide. That is, oh, there's two avocado. Yeah. I've morphed them into one. I th- yeah. Okay, so so, yeah. so I can answer both questions at once, really. Okay. So if you want to move a mature avocado tree, I don't know how it'll go, but sure as hell do not move it now. Wait until September. You're going to have to prune the top off and then try it. I don't. Your success rate will probably only be about 30%. 
But if you if it's no good where it is and you're not going to get fruit, you may as well move it. Sandy was going to use a mechanical mini digger. Yep, perfect. Okay. Perfect. Do you know what's happened here? Sandy has texted in again. It's ah. the same number. Ah. She says Sandy again. Ah, yeah. Right. And, yeah, she goes on to say it's because it gets too much wind. Yeah. No, that's Confused fine. Confused us, Sandy. It's that's all right. Too much for us this morning, but we, we got there, I think. The old double text. Nice uh, work. How about this one from Carol in Mount Barker? Mm-hmm. How do I prevent mould from forming on soil surface of indoor pot plants? Oh, good question. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh. Is it mould? Mold. Okay. Mold. So that means that you need to... Take your, well, some mould, if you've got slime mould, it's going to kill your plants. So you may need to actually repot your indoor plants into fresh soil and get rid of that soil. The other thing you can do is take it outside, make up a a spray or go and get a a fungicide spray that's bicarb of soda and spray that on the soil surface and aerate it and put it out if you can put it out in the sun shine not you know needs just morning sun not afternoon sun then that should kill it as well and spike it with a little um shish kebab stick yep skewer yeah skewer that's the very word i'm looking for there you go see together i know we're a team all of us all of us we get there Mm. uh one three hundred triple two seven twenty sabrina's pick coming up shortly oh that's right okay so keep that in mind we'll learn a little Mm. more about you today sab again as we do in that segment uh but before that uh kevin has been very patient he's in bunbury hi kevin yeah good day um sabrina i've got a a little bit of a woodworking thing happening in my um shed and the dust collector, I've got a whole lot of uh, different types of sawdust. Yeah. Would that be any good on the um, on the garden bed itself? Okay, what you need to do first, Kevin, is go and get a pH tester. So it's a little soil, pH soil testing kit. Even though it's for soil, you'll be able to pH test your sawdust. You can put small amounts of sawdust in, but I wouldn't use a lot. I think your sawdust would be heaps better in a compost heap. Yeah, I've got a uh, twenty, 200-litre um, drum that I do my uh, sheep poo in. Yeah, if perfect. I put it in some, if I put it in some water like that for a while, let it break down? Oh, you wouldn't need to put it in with water. You no. just, you just, are oh, you putting your sheep poo in water, are you? That's right, yeah. Um, look, I would put dry sheep poo into your sawdust and then wave the hose over it so it's damp. And you'll find that that will, oh my God, that will make magic. That will be divine. Because you've got carbon in the wood and a big pile of nitrogen in the poo. And when you've got carbon, nitrogen, oxygen and moisture, shebang. Yeah. You've got the bestest compost ever. Okay, mate, I'll give it a try. Okay. You've got to get your kicks somehow, don't you? Absolutely. Fantastic. Good on you, Kevin. Uh, Let's go to Shay, who's uh, in Bridgetown. Hey, Shay. Hello, Sabrina, how are you? Yeah, very well, Shay. Sabrina, I've been listening to you since, uh, I don't know, in the 80s. My mother was in my gardener. Um, I, I kid you not. I kid you not. And um, Sabrina, two quick questions. Yeah. Pruning a fig tree. Uh, yep. How well, violent can you be? As violent as you want, Shay. You can go to it really? with a chainsaw. Yeah, definitely. Oh. And it's okay. a good time of the year to do it now. 
Okay, fantastic. Second question is, we come from a broad acre farm originally. Now we're obviously in Bridgetown. So small acre, yep. mushrooms, field mushrooms. Who doesn't like going out and finding field mushrooms oh, popping know. out of nowhere? I know. And I'm doing a mushroom soup or mushrooms on steak, whatever. But mm. how can you, where do you get spores from? How do you do it? How can you set yourself up that you have field mushrooms Till the end of time. Okay, great question. Now, if you're spreading spore in the, um, you know, just just on paddocks, um, you'll have to get your spore. There's two big mushroom growers here in WA and you would yep. be able to get the spore from them. You'll have yep. to find out which species of mushroom because the, the mushrooms that grow out in the field, like we used to go and pick when we were kids. Correct. Uh, yep. That's a different type of mushroom. So you'd have to ring your mushroom growers because you can't just import spore. So sure. you, you'd have to ring the mushroom growers, the suppliers here, and find out which yep. species of mushroom because some, some of the mushrooms they grow are all under you know, certain lights where they're kept dark. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's yep. and then you just, you know, hurl the spore around. But of course you have to have moisture. That's the big thing. And then you also have to have other types of fungus in there. So I'd I'd go and get a bucket, go and buy a bucket of those soil microbes, spread those yep. all around before you yep. spread the mushroom fungi spore. Oh, yep. 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 Fantastic. And then Thank let you. us know how, how you go. <laughs> we'll do. Thank <laughs> you very much, Sabrina. Thanks, Shay. Good on you, Shay. Long-time fan, Shay, yeah. there, wasn't he? I know. I, I speak to kids who are now adults who say, my parents made me listen to you in the car on oh. the way to sport on Saturday Aww. morning. That's so nice. It's beautiful. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, I like that. Mm. Texts. So, mm. so, so many texts. And one from Charlie in Pemberton. Yes. Who is pleading with us to read... His or her text, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Charlie. Um, it's Charlie's fifth attempt to get through Aww. to us. So thank you for your persistence. My white sapote mm-hmm. tree, mm-hmm. 16 years old, never flowered, hence no fruit. Uh, never irrigated as my other fruit trees, they produce heaps. Mm. Also, my eight-year-old sapote has the same problem, but neighbour gets a lot. Ah, well, maybe the neighbour... Now, sapotes need a lot of summer water because they're quite a tropical sort of a fruit. So they're quite... um, They like a a slightly acidic soil, lots of summer moisture and lots and lots of minerals. So they need highly mineralised soil. So that might be the problem. So change your fertiliser regime, whack on a fair amount of compost in there and um, I'd even foliar spray it. Get kelp, get some liquid kelp, seaweed stuff, uh, drench the soil with that and see if that makes it any better. Thank you, Charlie. I hope that helps. Mm. I hope it was worth the wait. Yeah. Uh, Joe in Albany, a worker at a major hardware store, yes. chain store, yes. told my brother not to use slow-release fertiliser in warm weather as some of the beads pop. Not that it's warm, but can you explain what he might have meant or is he talking rubbish? Okay, so how slow-release fertiliser works, some of it's activated by temperature, some of it's activated by moisture and some of it's activated by both. But how it all works is you've got 
because the slow release works because different elements dissolve at different times. So even if it does pop, it's not a problem because it's the outer it's the outer coating that will uh, doesn't actually pop; it dissolves. So the first thing, the first elements to come out are phosphorus, and then you'll have. Um, uh, nitrogen and then you'll have potassium because you want you want to develop root growth and then you want leaf growth and then once you've got a sturdy plant then it can afford to flower and fruit. So what you've been told is not strictly true. In the heat of summer it will release the nitrogen probably faster but it's not it's not a problem because it's actually it goes on moisture as well as temperature. Good stuff. Go. Cool. All right. right. Uh, 1-300-222-720. I'm going to get to Bill and Don in just a moment, but first Pauline in Albany. Hi, Pauline. Hi. G'day, Pauline. What can we do for you this morning? Well, Sabrina, I'd just like to tell you that, um, like the song, you're really quite beautiful mm. in yourself in the Aww. many things you do to help people. Oh, Pauline, that's so lovely. Thank you so much. It's a beautiful yeah, thing yeah. to say, Pauline, which says a lot about you, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, this is so nice. Love it. Love fest today. Well, let's right. see if I can do even a better job and help you out, Pauline. Well, I have a dilemma. Mm-hmm. I had um, six beautiful bearing blueberry bushes and we went away and the retic um, had a bit of a glitch ah. and um, we were away for, for a couple months. So came back to half-dead plants. Ah. But can I? I need to know what I can do to revive these. Do you know, blueberries are fairly tough, Pauline. I'm hoping they are. So So what you need to do is give them a good prune. So definitely prune off any dead wood. Um, Okay, prune the dead wood. Yeah, prune all the dead wood. You can clear the middle bit out a bit. Now, they will actually start, they'll come back fairly quickly. So what you need to do is after you've pruned, you need to start liquid fertilising. Right. On a fortnightly basis and then you'll get some growth and then you can... Are they in the pot or in the ground? They're in They're in a pot, yeah. In a pot, okay. Yeah. And then put a slow-release fertiliser on them, like a, gran, a granular one. But first of all, kick-start them off with liquid, liquid fertiliser. And okay. what I would do is I'd combine a kelp with a fish-based fertiliser. Kelp fish? We've got to get these bearing because we just love them. Yeah, I know. There's nothing better than popping outside and getting some fresh blueberries. So, Sabrina, how how far down do I actually um, prune them back? Well, you could take 50% off, no worries. I don't know how far. And any dead wood cut it out right at the base. Okay, dead wood at the base yeah. and the, the other one. And now's the time to do it? Yeah, especially if it's had a bit of a hard, hard rough time. With no yeah, water, yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah, because they like the water. Yeah, yep. They Beautiful. don't like to dry out. Good luck, Pauline. They're hardy, those blueberries. You'll mm-hmm. be all right. Uh, Bill's in Busso. Hey, Bill. Good morning, everyone. Morning, Bill. Um, I have a frangipani that's growing a bit too too big. It's encroaching on the pathway into the house and also onto the lawn. Yep. How much can I knock it back? Much, back? As much as you want, Bill. <laughs> You can fairly hammer frangipanis. And even if the branches are, you know, two inches thick, you can still cut them off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Now, don't do it now, though, Bill. Not a good time to do it now. If you can wait until spring, wait until September, and then just lay into it. Okay. What sort of fertiliser do you recommend before flowering? Well, that you need a potassium-based fertiliser. So the same thing that you'd use for fruit trees or for, um, well, for fruit trees, really, because you need more potassium than nitrogen. No, it's, it's growing tremendously well, but it's just getting too big. Getting yeah, out. the same thing happened with mine, which is right near my front veranda. I used to love looking at it and it got too tall and I couldn't see the flowers, so I just, I took two-thirds off it. Okay, okay, right, well, I'll do the same. And I'm Thank hoping, I'm hoping it comes back in spring. <laughs> no, no, it will. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Bill. Uh, Don has a uh, a pruning question too. Good day, Don. Good day. How are you? Yeah. Good, Don. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, some roses and a grapevine. Can I prune them now, or should I wait till the end of July? No, you can go for it now, Don. No worries. Mm, hook into it. I will. I've got the chainsaw ready. Great. And, you know, if you with your roses, you know uh, what I use? I use a pair of welding gloves. It's about the only thing where you don't get ripped to shreds. Uh, Tough, isn't it? Minds think alike, I guess. <laughs> hey, Don, I did a little video on my Facebook page. I showed how to prune a rose. Yeah, I saw that. Yep, so that'll quite give you a few tips. Yeah, quite entertaining. What's the... <laughs> Of course. Did you have to edit out a few of the words, Sabrina? <laughs> beep, beep. And you forgot no, those. No, my daughter, my daughter filmed it, so, so I have to be well so behaved. The production values are high. What's the, what's the, uh, the Facebook page? Sabrina Hahn, Hort with Heart. There you go. Check mm. it out. Lots mm. of tips there. You if can... you're a novice, you know, because mm-hmm. you, so you don't know how you to attack me? it. No, I mean, I know you're a great rose lover. Yeah. Yeah, I passed them on to someone else. That's how much I love them. <laughs> Sue's in Albany. Hello, Sue. Hey, morning, team. How is everybody? Yeah, oh, we're good. You? We're fabo. Right, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. First of all, I've got a plum tree that had um, leaves on it and they had all little, like, holes in like lace. Ah, yes, yes, yes. That'll be the, um, that could be the pear and cherry slug. Oh, right. Talcum powder. Talcum powder. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. I can do that. Foof it all over the leaves. Although oh, you won't right. have leaves now. They no, would have dropped leaves. off. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing, um, I had three rhubarb plants. Two of them turned their toes up and died mm-hmm. and had the same, looked like they had the same problem. Would it have the same problem? Yeah, could do. They suffer from crown rot because you, oh. you know how rhubarb comes out of that central lumpy, yeah. bumpy bit? Yeah. That's the yeah. crown and sometimes the crown rots. And then that's it. It's all over Red Rover. Because oh, the leaves, when um, some of the leaves were all had like come um, like felt like paper when you broke them, the big leaves. Yep, mm. yep. Uh, I'd say that's what the problem is. You've got to be oh. really careful with rhubarb that the soil yeah. doesn't come way over the top of the crown and you don't put manure anywhere near it. Oh, that's my problem. Ah. So I need to dig it up and transfer yep. it and make it feel better. Okay, dig it cool. up, shake all the soil off it yep, okay. um, and replant. Okay. Mm. Good on you, Thank Sue. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, Thank Sue. You. Mark on the text heard that there was a compound that you could put on passion fruit vine to sweeten the fruit. Is that true? No. Okay. Um, what... <laughs> Right. There, there is, look, 
it's it's all to do with nutrients. Mm-hmm. So if you've got fruiting anythings, unless you've got unless the minerals are there, it's usually lack of mineralization. So with something like a passion fruit that grows so fast and produces so many fruit, you need to make sure that you're getting enough nutrient to the bush. So if you pour on just nitrogen, you're not going to get sweet fruit. If you have all the other elements, then the fruit will be sweet. So you need potassium, manganese, magnesium, Mm -hmm. iron, molybdenum, boron, all those sorts of things. So that's where you use your foliar sprays. Okay. That's probably what they're talking about. Folia trace mineral spray. All right. Uh, Connie has a large patch of mould growing in a bare patch of the garden that gets a lot of winter shade. Will Mm. a bicarbonate spray work there without hurting the nearby roses and dichondra? Yes, it will. And also you can use a copper, copper sulphate. Connie wanted me to give a shout out to Simon. Um, and I like that because I like connecting people across the airwaves. It's Hello, just Simon. part of what we do. Hi, Simon. Hi, Simon. Has anyone put out a shout-out to the cows? Yeah. Um, just the they're probably, in the background. They're probably feeding now. a lot of comment now. on the cows. I'm wondering if that's something that we found funnier than everyone else. You know, you get those yes. jokes sometimes that yeah. they feel but good. I think you because they translate. in our headphones we can hear the cows better yeah, than maybe. really loud. Yeah. Really loud. Yeah, I'm oh, calling it. That was funny. Mm. So funny. I was crying over here. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, can you plant an avo tree in a half wine barrel from Homer in Greenwood? Homer. You, Homer. you can. Oh, half wine barrel, nowhere near big enough. You okay. need a full wine barrel. Really? Yeah. That Avocados, yeah. Uh, and then you could only plant a dwarf one, so you could have a dwarf Wurtz, W-U-R-T-Z, or the semi-dwarf Hass. Okay. Half wine barrel, barrel nowhere near big enough. If I have a full wine barrel, how much am I filling it up with the soil? Like pretty much the whole thing? The whole thing. Mm. Gee whiz. Mm. Okay. More? Yeah. Yeah, go on. I've got more. Yeah, let's go through some um, texts. And then we'll get to Jason, who's in Bunbury, and then I reckon... Probably a bit of opportunity if you get in now in the last 10 minutes to get a call in, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. 722 Beth is in Dongra and has really bad scale on her fig tree. Please help. Okay. Prune the hell out of it, spray it with a high-pressure hose, then hit it with a pest oil, then two weeks later hit it with a high-pressure hose and then do the pest oil again. Okay, that's a bit of work. Yeah, but it's fun. Okay, good. Yep, excellent. There you go. Uh, Sue wants to know when she should prune her hydrangeas. Well, I'm going to prune mine this weekend. There you go. So you can do, you can do it now. All right, let's go to Jason, who's in Bunbury. He's been very patient. G'day, Jason. G'day. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I've had a couple of. I've got six woolly bushes going up my driveway, mm-hmm. and the last strong wind, mm. two of them completely fell over. Yeah. And they snapped at the base. Yeah. No real saving them, yeah? No. No, that, unfortunately, that's something that woolly bushes do. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few more in the neighbourhood that have done the same thing. Yeah. They get they they kind of rot at the at the top at the you know at the base the base of the stem of the trunk yeah. and then they just snap off. That's what it, what it's done, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of a live fast die young plant anyway. Ah, right. Just put them in there to get something up the driveway. Yeah, yeah. So 
if I put, um, I don't know, some star pickets down the driveway and ran strainer wire through the middle, would that help the wind when it's pushing yeah, yeah. the stand up? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, it looks like that's what I'll be off Yeah, to give that a crack. All right, cheers. Okay, thanks, Jason. Good on you, Jason. Let's go to Waikiki uh, and say good day to John. Hey, John. Um, we've got a lemon tree that uh, is absolutely loaded with lemons, but there's, they seem to be a type of lemon that uh, are very hard skin and you, you've got to really press very, very hard to get the juice out. And I saw a friend's tree the other day with slightly smaller lemons, but they squeezed easily with tons of juice. And I yeah. guess there's something on treat, some wrong way I'm treating the tree. Well, it can be. How old's your tree, John? Uh, about seven years, eight years. Okay, so I think your tree is getting too much nitrogen and not enough other stuff because that can cause, like, pithiness and also hard skin. So uh, you've got to make sure that you have, that you're giving your lemons a balanced diet. And the other thing I would do is probably do a, give them liquid kelp. Liquid kelp? Yeah, like a seaweed, liquid seaweed and spray it all over the, the foliage. All right, John. Away you go. Soften those lemons. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. We've got a few more opportunities, I reckon, in the last six minutes. Uh, some text before that, Charlotte. Yes, um, uh, anonymous texter. I'm starting a fajoa fajoa yeah, yeah, hedge yeah. in full sun position in Ardross in Perth. Yep. The plants look healthy, but are very slow growing. Is there anything I can do to accelerate the growth? You could make the sun shine for 24 mm-hmm. hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, probably not Not possible, possible, you reckon, Charlotte? But you never know. Okay. Um, Fijoas are slow growing, but they are certainly worth the wait. So... You don't want to. You don't want to push stuff too much. Otherwise, you get the wrong kind of growth. So, just fertilize in spring and summer. Um, give them summer water. Mm-hmm. Just grow a little patience. Grow a little. Oh, oh nice, Jamie, that's so lovely. Grant, yeah, you should patent that. That's nice. It's good, isn't it? It's nice. yeah. yeah. Grow a little patience with Jamie Burnett. Mm-hmm. Got to grow a little patience when you work with Jamie Burnett, I tell you that. <laughs> Especially after the day that we've had. <laughs> More than a little, I reckon, today. Liz is in South Perth and wants to know when she can cut back Bougainvillea. Not now. So you've got to wait again. Well, I'd wait until October and then go hard. And also at that time of the year, you can take 20 to 30 centimetre cuttings from it while you're hammering it. Hmm. Cool. All good. I just want to say, Jordan. Good in the hood. Jordana? Jordana texted in to say that she loved the cows. Oh, yeah, didn't they sound beautiful? Desperate, desperate, but beautiful. She's got good taste. Good (laughs) evening. I like that. Thank you. Uh, We need positive reinforcement for our jokes as well. Thank you, Jordana. (laughs) I feel better about my day. I'm so desperate, aren't I? Uh, Simon's in Bunbury. Hey, Simon. Yeah, hi, guys. Um, I've got some uh, black boys that are keep dying on me. And... um, Yes, Sabrina. Are they, are they in the ground? Yeah, they're in the ground. What we did is that we've had a few attempts at planting black boys there. Yeah. And um, 
they, the, the black boys that we actually got probably didn't have enough soil matter around the um, the roots when we put them in. Right. Okay. But the, the last lot of black boys, that, the last black boy, we bought two of them, and they came from a you know sort of a reputable uh, landscape supplier. Yeah. And we planted one about a hundred metres away from. No, they're about a hundred metres apart. Yeah. And the the one at the gate. We've always had problems with uh, growing it. And what happens, it seems to just die yeah. very, very slowly. Yeah, and and that's the thing. They certainly do. Okay. The big thing, Simon, is all the grass trees or balgas are highly dependent on mycorrhizal fungi and unless that's in the soil, then they're going to struggle to survive. So what you need to do is you need to go and get a bucket of soil microbes, beneficial soil microbes. You need to dig a trench around the grass tree and then you need to sprinkle that in, um, water it in really well and do that for every single grass tree that you've got on the property and that should help them to to survive because without mycorrhizal fungi, what happens is the, the mycorrhiza links up to, to all the other grass trees so they have a bit of a party um, and then they deliver all the nutrients to the grass tree and it, without that they'll just perish and they, they can take two to three years to die. So that's the trick. Okay. Cheers, Simon. Uh, Clinton's in Kelmscott. G'day. G'day. How you doing? Good. Good. Hi, Sabrina. I've got two mango trees. They're probably about eight years old and they're about five metres apart and they get full sun. But at the moment, the leaves have gone kind of yellowy with like green sort of like serrated pattern around the, the outside edge of the leaves, but they're yellow in the middle. Okay, that's a... There's a couple of things there, Clinton. Number one, it's cold and they're a tropical tree. Number two, you've got something eating the edge of the leaf, I, and I'm I'm not sure what that would be at this time of the year. So, again, you need to do a foliar feed. There's no point in putting granular fertiliser on at this time of the year. You're going to have to wait for the soil temperature to warm up and then the mango tree can access it. But I would definitely be getting foliar trace elements onto all the, all the leaf tissue. All right. Cheers, Clinton. Trish, we have 30 seconds to answer your question. What is it? Oh, hi. Um, I've got a, a garden that's edged in limestone blocks and I'd like to plant blueberries in there. I'd like to know whether it's going to be too alkaline and how to prepare the soil. Too alkaline. Too alkaline, unless they're the ones with the limestone with cement. Good on you, Trish. There we go. Didn't even need the full 30. <laughs> I'd put them in a pot, Trish. Beautiful. Grow them in a pot. The hardy blueberries. So that's the thing mm. I learned today. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. but not near limestone. Actually, I learned two things, yeah. It doesn't end well, does it? Uh, <laughs> blueberries are hardy and cows are loud. Yeah. Yeah, that's that my takeaway. I learned a few other things. Today. Yeah. Fun show today. Attention-seeking cows. Yeah. Thank you, I Sabrina. Hey, you won't be here next week. No, Mark two checks in next week. Okay. So, he's, a, he's a legend. All right. We'll listen out for Mark on Roots and Shoots. Mm. We'll be back uh, on your radio from 6 o'clock on Saturday. Thanks again, Sabrina. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. Enjoy the family. Charlotte, thank you to you too. Thank you to you, Jamie, and thank you to our wonderful listeners. Have a great one. Bye.